The Pinball Network is online. Launching Pinball Party. I had one of those dreams last night where you wake up and it was so intense you just start to play back in your head every little detail you can start it over play it again start it over play it again just to kind of witness what happened again and see if you can get it to stick you know when your dreams or nightmares disappear after you know a few hours or a couple days one of those where you just want to retain it. So I've been telling myself this dream over and over today uh, since I woke up. And why not just say it here so that I won't ever forget it? To set the mood of the dream. It started just like any other dream where you're just suddenly in it. You're just, hey, this is maybe not normal, but this is what I expect, and here I am. And for me, who I was in this dream was a cameraman for some unnamed news company that I was supposed to document or capture what was happening. So that was the first feeling I had. My first visuals were my head out of a train on top of it. This train was, say, about three carts wide, but a futuristic all metal, kind of like the, you know, below a Star Destroyer kind of gray look. And it just went in the distance ahead of me infinitely. The scene around it was very dim and dark. The clouds were all but black. In the distance, the train funneled into kind of a, a New York City silhouette type of view. And when it would lightning, I would see these outlines, these outlines of things in the sky. And the things in the sky, I knew, well, I knew why I was there to document, were alien ships. And not alien ships like little green men in a little cartoon saucer, but these really giant, ominous, dark, gothic alien crafts. There was one main one in the center of my view, that was probably a couple miles in diameter. And the more the lightning would hit, I would see flashes on the right, on the left, of more and more ships. And it became clear that this was a full-on alien invasion. I wasn't surprised because I was sent to document this. But as I'm looking out of this train and it's going faster and faster into this, this epicenter of alien ships, and the one main mothership above everything. This other ship came down from the dark, purple, thunderous sky. Far in the distance of the train, it hovered above it and shot its tractor down. And then it went up, came a little closer to me, went down into another cart, tractor beam. And this continued 
And as I saw it approaching, my heart was beating faster and faster. And, you know, I'm like, oh, this is, it's not going to get to me. It's like a movie in a dream. I'm just going to, it's going to be fine. It keeps getting closer and closer. Cart after cart after cart. And suddenly, it's on top of me. Okay, this is it. I'm, you know, it's going to be fine. It's going to fly away. But no, I look up and all I see is light. And I just start feeling shaking and shaking and shaking. And I'm suddenly traversing. It feels like my body's being squeezed through a pinhole. Everything's vibrating and squeezing at the same time. It's super intense. It's not pain, but the fear is growing. And I, and I know I'm going to die. This is it. I'm going to die. It's, it, it's not like in the movies. It's going to happen to me. And then I'm awake. Welcome to episode seven of The Pinball Party. I am your host, Jason. This one's called Dreams. I guess one of the side benefits of hosting or doing your own show is you can make people listen to your dreams. You know, it's girlfriend, husband, spouse, friend, family, you know, when they have a dream and they're like, oh, you'll never believe what my dream was. And, you know, like, uh, okay, I'll listen. But you never feel it the way that person wants you to. You know, to them it's, uh, yeah, but, you know, you you don't get it or it was so intense. It was so whatever. It was, And it is for, for the person. It's very subjective. It's a personal thing. Well, probably one of the most personal things you could ever have. It's It's your brain doing its fucking crazy shit in the middle of the night in your subconscious. And, well, I mean, I shouldn't say you always share the dreams. There's there's those ones that you don't share <laughs> with anyone uh, ever because you'd be put away forever or arrested, put in a psychiatric uh, facility with care, uh, be shot right in the head. Some of them, you should be put down for what you're thinking. Um, you know those ones where, like, you're banging a goat and it has the face of your uncle's friend Tom and they're they're talking about poker and how the fact that the Stranger Things episode has this like what the fuck you know all while you know you're playing pinball right something like that speaking of pinball you're gonna just hear about pinball from me today yeah apologies in advance no guests for those who this is episode three you've heard me have guests the first couple times the first few episodes were just by myself and sometimes I'll do them by myself sometimes with others I mean it is a party so you know, I guess if I'm doing it by myself, I still need to have someone else. Uh, how's that work? I know. I'll check in with myself from 15 minutes ago. Hey, Jason, how were things 15 minutes ago? Oh, hey, Jason, reporting from the field, uh, walking Mabel. She hasn't pooped yet, but she will. I'm listening to Final Round. I agree that Dracula has the best video mode out there, but I have no pinball show to listen to the fuck am i doing i'm just listening to the birds and nature Ugh. what i mean come on figure it out figure it out yeah now it's a party right we got me talking to me in the past and in the future pretty fucked up but on this episode of pinball party we will talk about pinball we're gonna talk a little bit more about james bond it's a new game Then we're going to talk about my actual dream theme of a pinball machine, which I somehow forgot before when I talked about Lord of the Rings and how that's my dream theme, which it is one of my top, I should say, two, but 
Somehow I forgot what my actual dream theme is. So we'll talk about that. Breaking news, Mabel is currently shitting. Good girl. All right. Let's just leave it. We won't pick it up. All right. Thanks, Jason. Uh, You should pick up your dog's shit. Where were we? Then we're going to go over a lot of people's dream theme, Stern's Star Wars. But first, let's check in with the listeners. Hi, Jason. This is Scott. Um, I met you at uh, Tilt Pinball uh, last weekend. Um, I was just calling to tell you that I I wanted to hang out with you. Okay. Um, uh, you you said I could. You said we should get together. Um, I I looked you up on the internet and I, I found out uh, where you live. And I I actually stopped by, but you weren't there. Um, uh. Um, I thought it was cool that we used the same uh, kind of shampoo. Um, what? Oh, oh, um, yeah. I knocked. The door was open. I, uh, I, oh, I gotta go. Great. This is working out good. I'm glad there's some fucking creeps out there who find me and break into my house and check out my bathroom. Cool. If any other listeners or creeps would like to call and leave a voicemail, that number is 262-528-6625. 262-528-6625. Feel free to leave us a comment, question, please don't break in my house, all that. Let's check in with a couple listeners that wrote in. First off, from Gene after talking about Iron Man. Hey, Jason, just listening to your podcast for the first time. Iron Man totally rocks. Have you played it with a subwoofer? It really brings the sound experience up to 11. So good. It's my favorite game and has been forever. Thanks, Gene. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sending me a message. I have not played it with a subwoofer, and I should. That is actually a good call. Funnily enough, when... Funnily? I always forget if that's a word. When I was doing last episode and using some of the sound effects, I actually had to cut a lot of the low end just from the mix because there's so much and you know anything below like 80 hertz is generally like eh, probably not going to have it in a podcast but a subwoofer which loves below 80 hertz i can see how that would just uh, kick some ass so I-, I need to do that got another one from cam that says hi jason congrats on the new show i normally only listen to zach's show gee fucking sell out uh and he had some nice words for your show so i decided to tune in I think you're a natural as long as you don't care what the pinball royalty think or not beholden to them, you will kick ass. I sure am not, and I sure don't give a fuck. Uh, I'm not here to prove anything. Anyways, I just wanted to say I owned the Simpsons Pinball Party for about six months, and I was suckered into buying it because of all the positive reviews. Huh, that sounds familiar. I also think the layout sucks. (laughs) The pop bumper is right in front of the flipper. Lol. And don't get me started on the left ramp. It's almost impossible to hit because it's so steep. Basically, there is too few satisfying shots in that game. Anywho, thanks for your work and keep it up. I'll be tuning in. Cam. Hey, man, uh, I can, yep, totally get a lot of that. Thanks for listening. Um, I guess taking Zach's word for it being a good show. Thanks, Zach, for all the shout outs and all that. I I mean, it. but yeah, hey, another another pinball party, Simpsons pinball party guy that doesn't drink the Kool-Aid. We're not here, again, we're not, I'm not here to just bash Simpsons pinball party. Like, yeah, we're, we're fucking rebellious because like all the good games I'm going to shit on. I'm, no, no, I, I like a lot of games that people shit on, you know, whatever. It's someone who had the same opinion. So again, thanks Cam for writing in. 
Well, fair is fair. Let's hear from someone who disagrees with Cam, Zach, and myself. New listener, starting with episode five. I like what I'm hearing so far. I like that you review older pins. Here are two criticisms. I hate the name, and for the very reason you mentioned it in podcast five. Is the Simpsons pinball party really a party? No. Is your podcast a party? I think you need a new name for the show. Well, you're coming in hot. A uh, new name for the show. Okay. Well, I maybe we'll call it just penis. New name for the show is penis. Hey everyone, episode seven of Penis. So I'll finish his email. He who read it, wrote in at penis at gmail.com. Second, your review of the Simpsons pinball party did miss the mark. Oh. It stopped short of explaining the greatness of the game. If you were around in 2003, the Simpsons pinball party was launched with little fanfare. It was out a month before Expo and was the tournament game that year. Nobody knew the rules as they weren't published. The game came off with the very best pinball players picking it as their number one favorite game. This was the same year that Lord of the Rings came out. It was critically a success from release. So the community was divided which was better. For the first two years, it was maybe 60-40 picking Simpsons Pinball Party. Over the next few years, Lord of the Rings picked up steam until it became the favorite by a 70-30 margin. Why is Simpsons Pinball Party great? I listened to your review and must have missed it. First, the game is all about stacking. Keith Johnson designs rules that stack. That old buffoon Zach Menes said you could have, couldn't stack moles and that if he couldn't learn the rules in 500 plays, it was not for him. Haha, <laughs> pick up the rules and read them. Eh, nice little jab at Zach, which got a jab, Zach. I think he did mention about stacking, but uh, I digress. Off the top of my head, this is Jeff, off the top of Jeff's head, one, Hit hurry up at Comic Guy and this starts hurry up mode where targets are lit and must continue to be hit before 30 second timer starts and a hit resets to next level. That is always going on in the background. Not totally unlike Star Wars code and the damn multiplier. Point two, lock three balls in couch to start multiball. It feels great to accomplish this, but the biggest reward is yet to come. During multiball, you lock balls in couch to light the face inserts. Can you get all five done in a game and start a wizard mode? I've gotten three, and it was rewarding. Three, alien invasion where you must lock one, two, three, four, and five balls, and you go downward in objective as you drain balls and can ratchet it back up with successful locks. Four, mystery Springfield. Reverse flipper multi-mode is fun. Multi-ball mode is fun. Five, many fun modes. Collect 100 family members and start pretzel multi-ball. Itchy and scratchy targets start multi-ball. Hard because drop targets in dangerous spot. Those are what I enjoy shooting for anyways, Jeff. Actually, uh, really appreciate this email because it's a well-thought-out counter-argument to what Zach and I said. And, and I, I did kind of mention this, I, I hope, and if not, I, I, I'll say this again. I don't know if I gave Simpsons enough time to, to get all this. Because when you say it like that, and what I read before I got it, I really was like, I can't wait to get this game. There's so much in it. There's so much like Lord of the Rings, you know, it'll keep me going forever. All the things you mentioned, the, the fun modes, the mystery Springfield, the alien invasion, it all was like, I can't wait, you know, it, but it's just something when I got it in home that I, I, I didn't get to the point where I fell in love with it like this, but I'm happy to hear from people that do because I objectively think this game belongs up there, like people say. If there's this much attention in the game, it's clear that regardless of your opinion or first impressions of the game, a lot of love was put into this game. There's a lot of rules. There's a lot of thought. And for some people, it resonates. And I'm, I'm super happy for you. And hopefully one day it does for me. 
I don't want to not like a game. I want to love Simpsons. And maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it's the cost. It's, it's having an expensive game that sometimes is, is somewhat of a burden. And I go through that with a lot of games. If it's, if it's an LE or it's a really expensive like, game that used to be cheaper, Lord of the Rings, Ghostbusters, where sometimes there's that monetary burden that like, if Simpsons was free, let's say, and in my house, and I, I could, you know, okay, I'll sit in the basement for two years because who gives a shit? It's, it's no money. It's nothing. Then maybe I would get to that point. And, you know, maybe that's what I should do. I should challenge myself to take a game like Simpsons and give it the time it deserves. But oftentimes it's, it's the monetary thing, you know, you know, anyway, again, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate the email. Uh, thank you, Cam. Thank you, everyone else for writing in. Just read a couple of them, but I, I appreciate all the, all the feedback. On the note of feedback, let me please complain about the bullshit on the pinball secondary market. Figure it out. Figure it out. For those first-timers, figure it out is where we bitch and complain about pet peeves of the secondary market or rules of the road, tips and tricks, common sense of what to do when buying and selling on Pinside, Craigslist, Facebook, you name it. This little bit comes from both perspectives, whether you're the buyer or seller, and it's pretty brief. Here it goes. When you're messaging... Use punctuation. Why do I say that? Well, I, I have a daughter who was raised in the cell phone and TikTok generation where I get it. They just use R-U-R-L-Y. It's all bullshit. You know what I mean? I get it. That's this generation. Nothing against them. However, a lot of us are not in that generation. Furthermore, if we're buying and selling and trading things that are worth minimum roughly average $4,000 or more. It's 7000 What the fuck are we doing? Show some respect for each other. This is a big sale, a big buy, a big trade, a monetary burden that is not four bucks. It's thousands of dollars. Use some punctuation. Capitalize your letters. Put a period in. Put their first name, comma, new line. Start the message. Give a thanks, comma, Jason. Treat each other with a little respect in a hobby that takes a lot of money to participate in. And just a little bit more on that. One, use punctuation. Be professional. Two, respond. Please just respond. No matter what. If it's no, I'm good, send a no thank you. Or a GLWTS. Good luck with the sale. At least something. Anything. But I don't know how this started before my time where it was just it's it's like oh that's just accepted when you're kind of done with the conversation we just ghost people hell yeah fuck it i sent them a price i don't like what they said i don't respond it's so common it annoys the goddamn shit out of me it's it's ridiculous is this how you talk to people in real life someone comes up to you and says uh, let's just say you're buying i don't know uh, a cd yeah from the 90s right uh, we're buying a boys to men cd because that's fucking sweet right Someone comes up to you and says, I would like to sell this boys to men CD to you. You say, hmm, okay, I'll give you $9. And they just turn around and walk away, right? Just like fucking, I'm out. You, you'd call that person a psychopath. You are a psychopath. What is wrong with you? You just stop the conversation and left. That's what you're doing. When, when you're writing other people on Pinside Facebook, anything, these are still humans interacting. Give the respect of finishing the conversation. Grow some balls if you have to say something negative. No one's going to bite your head off. Just be respectful. Let the conversation die in its natural rhythm. 
For fuck's sake, figure it out. Figure it out. To keep the list for you, here's where we're at. When doing a pin side sale or trade, again, Facebook, whatever, and you're on site, the buyer or seller offers for you to use their restroom if you'd like. Only number one, not number two. Last week, we said, if you're a seller and the buyer requests that you have it packed up and ready to go ahead of time, don't force them to test it out. Let them buy the way they want to buy within reason. And to beat this dead horse dead again, use some punctuation and respond to each other. Figure it out. Figure it out. And to yet again shed some light on the other side of that argument, I dealt with someone this week who had it absolutely figured out. Figured out. Super forward on pin side. This guy was, I, I might bet, the most figured out pin sider I have dealt with. Everything, you name it. Did he come prepared with everything? Wrap, cardboard, bolt, and you bet. Did he help me break down the game he was picking up? Yep. Did he help me? Did he offer to help set up the game he was bringing? It was a trade. You bet. Did he do it quick? Yep. Cash? Yep. Count it together? Yep. Handshake? Yep. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Everything. Figured out from top to bottom. Super Ford, pin side, you have it figured out. Figured out. Well, it seems like this company doesn't quite have it figured out. Let's talk a little bit more again about Stearns, Bond, 007, whatever they're calling it. Well, from, from the Rocky release, let's say, again, some of it out of their control um, with the death of Queen Elizabeth. Again, not making light of that in the slightest. It pushed back some of their plans so that they couldn't do the reveal as intended. But Again, there's leaked footage of it out there, and then we see the images, and they don't get control of people's first impression, which kind of sucks. And then they release it, and there's price increases, which, again, not super uh, out of the ordinary, but the premium and the LE, Jesus Christ, you know, they're up a lot. But we see some of the gameplay, and then we're hearing, like, well, it's only going to get produced a little bit in November and some uh, LEs in December, but then pros for the home, not until, like, f- end of first quarter, second quarter, 2023. Not great. Uh, but now, instead of seeing an official lengthy gameplay video of Stern, all we've seen from them is that short, you know, minute and a half um, official video and sound of it, we see this 25-minute video uh, is it leaked? I guess it's not technically... This one's not leaked. The previous one was. But this newest one from Pinball News shows 25 minutes of actual gameplay. And it has a, you know, a caveat or a public service announcement. Hey, this is early code, early assets. Not everything is there. And But hey, you get to see a lot of gameplay. And I watched it. And I won't go second by second and you know, every little shot. You know, oh, oh, this is what every little shot does. Oh my God, but I just comment a couple things. One, that left orbit shot that we kind of surmised maybe like Deadpool premium where it comes all the way around to the right flipper. That's accurate. That does come all the way around, although I think to the left flipper. But that same shot, which the first time I heard the spinner, I was like, oh, okay. By the third time, I was like, all right, change that sound for sure. And by the fifth time, I was turning down YouTube because what the fuck did they just took uh, Toy Story 4 sound, I think, and put it in the left spinner. That's going to get annoying. (laughs) 
Again, I don't think it's terrible, but it seems to happen a lot. And that any sound a lot can get bad, especially the sound of my voice. Uh, other than that sound, which, which stood out to me right away, and, and from the comments, it seems like I'm not alone. Other thing I thought, again, this could be the code or, or whatever. There was a lot of multiballs, uh, just constantly, a lot of two-ball multiballs. Uh, and another thing that stood out to me was the lock for the... Uh, the butt plug or the dildo or, or rocket ship, whatever that is in, in the back left, doesn't, I mean, doesn't scream like you need this for the premium. You know, not trying to dissuade anyone, but that really didn't, I don't know, do much for me. Uh, the jetpack thing, uh, for those who have watched it with more discerning eyes, I didn't quite catch if he was dropping it with the action button at certain times. Again, I, I encourage you to go um, look at the video uh, on Pinball News. They have that long 25-minute video. I'll say, aside from that and, and a couple of the call-outs, which seem to be repetitive, I didn't hear anything from Sean Connery, and it could be because the audio was some off-cam, nothing direct, whatever. And the visuals, I couldn't quite tell what that high-stakes mode was that kept coming up and then tossing, I think, two cards because you couldn't really clearly see from the video. Again, it was an off-cam, not a direct feed. Was that like a mystery it kind of seemed like a mystery shot when you, when you hit the left scoop. Um, well, so aside from that sound and a lot of multi-balls, the ramps had a really nice flow to them, I thought, when they were hit coming down the wire forms. I, very satisfying. Some ramps, they're satisfying to hit, and some are satisfying to watch return. A lot of Keith Elwins are very satisfying to watch return. Godzilla, Jurassic Park... Uh, Avengers, I guess all of them, really. Uh, not as maybe Iron Maiden's the weakest as far as return, but to me that's, if not his best game. Um, I digress. The wire forms are cool. I actually liked the left uh, scoop underwater shot thing. It seems to be at least much simpler to hit than the layer shot in, in Turtles. It's not exactly the same type of thing, but it seemed more consistent. Um, it and it seemed to fall in the scoop quite easily as intended, which I have found to be um, awesome. The upper left flipper hitting, it's its four shots, right? That it can hit, I think technically three or four. That, it's, you know, I'm still questioning of, I don't mind an upper left flipper or upper right flipper, excuse me, having a shot that's important to the game. But I don't think it should be as important as, let's say, Turtles. I've had it recently, and for me, that was kind of the... Uh, that shot was no no warp ramp shot, in my opinion. Um, but when you have two shots, Keith Allen, sometimes they're very doable, Iron Maiden, Jurassic Park, sometimes it's a little like, all right, sometimes you're not full control of that upper one. Four shots. Uh, I mean, I hope... That maybe only the ramp is the really crucial one, and the other ones are somewhat, I don't want to say optional, but auxiliary, for lack of a better phrase. But I don't know. Four shots in that left flipper, we'll see what happens. But that, that seems to be a lot to put into probably the hardest using flipper slash controls of the game. Well, that's really all I have to say about the video. I mean, yeah, there's plenty. I could just watch it and just regurgitate, but you should go watch it. Um, the video is, you know, if a picture is a thousand words, the video is a million. There's, there's a lot you can learn from it. And hopefully that, you know, nudges Stern to, hey, shout out to nudgepinball.com. Nudges Stern to release some official videos so we can see what's on the screen and not just rely on this early code, early rule set stuff. I'm still looking forward to the 
things and the news that trickles out about James Bond, none of us, including myself, can say one way or the other, oh, this game's awesome, that game's shit. Who knows? Nothing's totally telling me it's garbage yet, or nothing's totally telling me it's the best game ever yet. So, you know, we'll have to Craig Bobby this thing and, and wait and see. I do know of a game that just from seeing whether it be leaked videos, leaked picture, uh, Nokia snapshot from 2001, I do know a theme that would send me to the moon if it was created. I mentioned when I did my Lord of the Rings review that everyone has their dream theme, and for me it was Lord of the Rings, but I was mistaken. My dream theme would actually be Superman. Superman. I would take any version. I would take animated. I would take Man of Steel with Henry Cavill. But if I had my way, it would be the 1970s and 80s Superman movies. The one started with director Richard Donner. Why I thought Lord of the Rings initially is, you know, as you mature, your, your tastes change. You know, as a kid, I liked He-Man and Ninja Turtles and ninjas and all that. And when I get older, I start liking certain types of coffee or really psychological thriller movies. Think, yeah, I'm just saying, obviously, things change as you get older. In my late teens, I saw The Matrix, which, you know, when you're a stoner and there's movies about, you know, uh, philosophy and religion and technology and kung fu all in one i mean you're hitting on all cylinders and you can philosophize on that movie and the second oh yeah let's talk about matrix some other time your tastes change lord of the rings was in that area as well of just it takes a little more i should say maturity from an attention stand point of view to really accept you know a three and a half hour movie or the book that is just you got to pay attention to what's going on so while my tastes change I've always had this love for Superman, but Superman was probably my first big, like, this is my thing. Superman is my thing, you know, but it's not just me. Clearly, he's one of the most popular superheroes, if not the most popular superhero of all time. And you, you, as a kid, you, you love it. He's this hero. He saves the day. He's, he's all good. He's almost indestructible. And you get to that age where then people are like, no, Batman's cool because he's badass, right? And he's like, he's cool because he's like, does cool shit and he wears black. It's that same like Star Wars argument where Luke Skywalker is the best. I'm just, it's done. Luke Skywalker is is every boy's hero. But then there's the no, Han Solo is because Han Solo shoots people and he's badass. I personally think like, well, okay, maybe there's a little insecurity there and you need to like, oh, I'm the tough man, I'm Han Solo. But like, come on, man. Luke Skywalker is the hero of that story. You're not going to tell me that when you saw him with the blue lightsaber face off against Vader and Empire and the Return of the Jedi with the green lightsaber beats him, but then stop. You're going to tell me that Han Solo flying the Millennium Falcon and shooting Greedo and, you know, he's awesome. That's what sold you on Star Wars was Han Solo? Yeah, right. 
it was Luke. Yeah. So, same in the superheroes. Superman is a lot of people's OG superhero. And, and he was for me. And he always will be. But I kind of forgot that, oh yeah, no, if I had a dream theme, it would actually be Superman. It would be the Richard Donner era with the John Williams music, Superman. I would absolutely buy an Ellie of that. Premium, obviously. Well, I should say now with prices. I will absolutely buy a premium with that. I can say that. Uh, if it was a Richard Donner, Richard Donner era, maybe Ellie. Um, if it was only Superman 3, <laughs> for sure an Ellie, because that movie's trash, but it's still endearing trash. Superman, though. I, I, there's been rumors of that. You know, uh, Superman 78 is kind of what it's been called, you know, when, when Superman, the, uh, the film, came out. And I think, per our generation, that actually makes quite a bit of sense. I don't know with the, you know, the Christopher Reeve Foundation and, I mean, you got John Williams, Richard Donner, and there's a lot of, for those who don't know the story of, of Richard Donner, especially between Superman 1 and Superman 2, and then there was the Donner cut, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of heat. There's a lot of bad blood. I can imagine that the licensing is, is a nightmare. So maybe it's you just get 1978. But if I'm envisioning the playfield, you know, closing my eyes, dreaming about this thing, there's obviously a lot of blue uh, and red. I, for me, here's what I think. I'm, j- I'm really just going off the top of my head, even though I've thought about this in the past. There's a Fortress of Solitude up where the, you know, the Attack from Mars ship would be, the Stranger Things, uh, the, the Medieval Madness castle. There is a Fortress of Solitude up there. Maybe not that you're bashing, but probably a ball lock, because that's Superman's home. You're not going to bash that. You don't want to destroy it. What you would want to bash would be something like a big chunk of kryptonite, you know, or a Brainiac uh, or Lex Luthor. But I don't think a head like in Magneto or X-Men Magneto. I don't think just a head of Lex Luthor. Like, hi, I'm Lex. That'd be stupid. But there would be a Fortress of Solitude up top. I immediately think of actual art blades on the side of what that game would have. I would think that it would either be clouds, you know, blue and clouds because you're always flying. Or, I mean, if you want space, you could have kind of the bottom be, um, the bottom of the art blades be the top of the earth. You know, there's that kind of flyby that Christopher Reeve does, and, well, Henry Cavill does as well, and Brandon, Brandon Routh, of he kind of flies as he's looking at the camera and almost kind of winks as he flies over the earth in space. You could have that kind of look. Otherwise, I think there'd be clouds on the side art blades. And I think... The play field would be actually pretty cool if it wasn't just covered with a ton of comic book stuff. I think that would be good for the art on the outside of the cabinet is do what you do with James Bond. Honestly, you have a lot of comic book covers that would please me and the comic book people. And that would fit because it would look like a comic book. It is a comic book. Just cover it like graffiti um, comic books on all the sides. But I think for the play field, one of the original Superman posters that I have uh, in the basement framed is, if, if you just Google it, Superman poster, you're going to probably see what I'm talking about if you want a visual, but it's just clouds with the Superman symbol in kind of like a metal fashion in the center with this red, yellow, and blue streak kind of coming from the background in the foreground. It's this very subtle, like this was when they were teasing Superman back in the day, like they did with the original Batman movie, where it was just a black poster with the yellow Batman symbol. It's very reminiscent of that. 
well, I should say the Batman is reminiscent of this because this one did it first. But I think the playfield could be just this big cloudscape with things shooting out from it. There would have to be ramps in this game, minimum two, because you're, you're flying, right? The Ramps on the left, ramps on the right, and there would be awesome swoosh sounds going uh, down the ramps either way. And I think it would be cool to come up with a mech where you're actually shooting the ball up the ramps, flying, right, into the Fortress of Solitude, whatever it may be. I'm not going to speculate on how that would be. Would it be a, a Vuck or a Scoop shooting up from the bottom when you hit a shot that it shoots it up top? I don't know. That's not for me to figure out. That's for Jack Danger or Keith Allen or Gomez. You figure it out. Figure it out. Aside from ramps and the Fortress of Solitude and some sort of toy that you interact with that's a bad, a villain. I, I, again, I don't think you should put a Luther head. That's dumb. Or Luther in the suit. That's much more comic and animated. You know, he's got the big kind of mech suit, Iron Man-y kind of thing. Eh, I don't know. That That's a comic book thing. I'm, I don't really jive with it, but maybe Doomsday. But this game, just like Deadpool, I mean, it's a comic, so, I mean, whatever. I think it would lend very well to a mode based where you're fighting villains, uh, you know? And I think having a kryptonite... Um, part of that would be like the opposite of bringing in a, a Wolverine or an ally. It would harm you, yeah, harm the points, make it harder to hit. I think that would be a good detriment to Superman. On the flip side, you would bring in allies just like in Deadpool, but Superman would have access to, let's say, the Justice League. Or if we're really keeping this in the Donner in the movies, there would be no allies. If we're in the animated, hey, sky's the limit. No pun intended. Bring in anyone. Superman brings in Crypto, his dog, right? Fuck it. Bring in Crypto, Jimmy Olsen, and Robin, the female from Dark Knight Returns. Bring them in. Kick the shit out of Brainiac. Awesome. I'll play it. But if we're in the Donner universe, maybe you wouldn't bring in allies unless it's Perry White and Lois Lane doing a story. She's going to story the shit out of you. No, it just doesn't really work. But I think you could do villain modes. The wizard mode. Oh, God. What would the wizard mode be in Superman? I guess if we're sticking with the Donner movies, we would have to do something like Superman saves the Earth. It, it sounds lame, but, you know, when he when he spins the Earth around backwards in, well, it was originally supposed to be in the second movie, but because of the, the aforementioned Richard Donner stuff, it's in the first movie. You know, if you really want to, tap into Superman and think what would one of the wizard modes be it would be fighting Doomsday uh, I think it would be called the death of Superman uh, you could have Superman well it's technically four Superman fight their way back to the real Superman there's the Eradicator there's Superboy there's the Man of Steel as in like the dude who's actually made out of steel and then Cyborg those were the four fake Supermen that came back to claim, I am Superman, when Doomsday killed Superman. Slowly, Superman came back to life, and he had the black suit and all that. Those familiar with out there, black suit, silver emblem, long black mullet. You know, I think Superman, or the death of Superman, or Superman lives, Superman returns, those comics, how they can be, would be a great wizard mode. But again, you'd have to break out of the Donnerverse. The more I think about it, it would be great if it was Donner verse. Yes, it would be great. I think you might struggle with the amount of content uh, unless you were very creative in, in how you use all the assets. But with the code, 
the wizard mode. And it's probably out there. Uh, smarter people have thought of it. I just can't picture it in, in, in that world. Because you wouldn't use Nuclear Man, Superman 4, just because uh, those who haven't seen Superman 4, it's not um, well-liked. I'll say that. So people are going to be like, oh, I can't fucking wait to fight Nuclear Man. You know, when they shove some of like Lex's little uh, skin and Superman's hair in some fabric in a box and shot into the sun and Nuclear Man came out? Oh, yeah, of course. That's the, no, like whatever. But I think, you know, the death of Superman is pretty well known for a wizard mode. And I just really wanted to say that Superman would be my dream theme. And I know they have an old, you know, EM or whatever that Superman. No, I mean like a new... Give Superman the love that you gave Batman 66, but make it really good <laughs> instead. Uh, I mean, that game's fine, but, you know, give it the Elvira House of Horrors love. Hey, you know, give it the Simpsons Pinball Party love. As much as I don't like it, it's got the love. Give that game the love, please. That would be a dream theme. What you shouldn't do to Superman is do what you did to Star Wars. Oh, let's let's talk about Star Wars from Stern. To many of us, Star Wars. God, I mean, it's Star Wars. So let's do theme quickly. Ten. Yeah, I mean, really, is there? holistically, in the history of everything, is there a theme that could beat Star Wars? I don't think so. Other, <laughs> other than, uh, I guess, forgive your religion, if it was just called God or, or Christian, if it was just like Jesus fighting Satan, people are like, okay, I know, I know who those people are. Star Wars. It's Star Wars. If you somehow don't know what Star Wars is, it, you have a better chance of knowing Star Wars than junior level mathematics. Right? Most people, right? People know Star Wars before they know the history of the presidents. People know Star Wars better than they know how to take care of their own self physically or mentally. It's Star Wars. It's 10. Moving on. Gameplay. I've owned both the Pro and the Premium. And, well, the pro, since I didn't tell the story of how I got it, here's how I very quickly got it. It was a two-for-one. I meant to buy a Black Knight Sword of Rage from a bar in the cities. Got there. He was also selling a Star Wars. Said, I'll sell you both of these at a really good deal. I said, yes, sure. So I picked up Star Wars. I had played it a few times, uh, actually, at, at MikeCon Cinemas in Eau Claire, a movie theater, you know, I had played it and like, oh, this is pretty great. You know, when I first played it, it had great ramps. Oh, this is, this is a very Steve Ritchie. Yeah, I love these ramps. It's fast. Oh, cool. But, you know, I only played it here or there and I was like, oh, it's Star Wars. But to me, I was like, hmm, this seems kind of empty. <laughs> so gameplay. Let's talk about the gameplay. I'm just going to say Star Wars period. I mean, premium or pro. Yes, there is a difference. And I'll talk about it, but that's what we're talking about. Gameplay, I personally give a six. The modes, I think, are pretty great. How you start modes is very intuitive. Uh, you know, you get the Endor, you got Death Star, Tatooine, Hoth. You can see one, two, three, wizard mode. Great. Easy to understand. Cool. I mean, that's the rules, but you can tell that, okay, this is how I need to play the game. You got the two ramps. Great. Uh, 
Those ramps are very satisfying to shoot. But then you... But the fucking bullshit is when you launch the bubble right into those those that TIE fighter little screen. I hate ball launches like that. It just goes into this thing. It hits it and then, oh, it's going to drain or it's going to go into the outlane or who knows where it's going to go. This kill... It's in my top three worst plunges of any pinball. You know, I'm not a huge fan of the Stranger Things plunge either. Kind of similar, but... Star Wars, it starts off real bad with that plunge. I like the hyperspace shot, hyperloop, whatever that's called, on the premium, which the premium I had, I could actually backhand that shot, which some people say, oh, it's the worst shot. You can never hit it. Mine was like, I don't know, like waxed out of the box. Just every, I could hit that thing every time. And it is an adrenaline rush. I'll give it to Zach. I'll give it to anyone else who says that. When you get a ball in there, Oh my God, I just want to get another one in there. Oh my God, I got two in there. And you, the whole machine, it's like its own shaker motor. You can feel it moving. And it, that is so good. That is a 10. That that shot alone is great. But the plunging into that bank, the, the TIE fighter hitting the button is, is cool. But I, I wish that was, you know, a bash toy. The, the loops are, are kind of neat. But I, you know, okay, I take it back. I'm going to say that gameplay is a seven, not a six. It's a seven. Cause the more I talk about it, I'm like, you know, actually I like shooting this game. Uh, I lump things a little bit more than maybe like straight down the middle might, but I, okay. Gameplay is a seven. Yep. I've changed it. Rules though. Rules are, that's a six. The multipliers. Give me a break. How many, uh, 10, 2, 3, 4, 40 times? Like, it, it's cool that, like, the action button changes the multiplier of the shot. That's kind of cool. But you think of Star Wars. It's, it's kind of like the Ninja Turtles thing. The bane of that game is, like, people are like, oh, Turtles, I can't wait up. I can't wait to go up and play Rocksteady and Bebop and Krang and the Foot Clan and Mouses. But then the game just kicks the shit out of you. You're like, uh, what? I, I, I just want to play some Turtles, man. What are we doing? Star Wars, the same thing. Oh, I can't wait to get up. You know, space and sound effects and great. Yeah, when you get to like the video mode, that's cool. You can chill out. You got the Falcon and the asteroids. That's that's it's pretty good for a video mode. It's fine, but that when you actually get into playing the game, like oh, I you know I need to get a super big multiplier before I'm gonna hit that. So if you want to score chase at all, half the game is like this anxiety of building up the multiplier before you even start something. So then you lose this ambition of playing Star Wars. You just you're just doing math. Fucking doing math in Star Wars. I don't want to do math. I want... But what I want to do and what I was going to say, I want to fight people with lightsabers. The duel mode between Obi-Wan and Vader. Fuck yes. Holy shit. Uh, the visuals. Um, okay, we can talk about that in a second. But, you know, that is a rule I like. I like the way that's, that's built. I like the lightsaber duel between Luke and Vader. But... The multiplier switching it around, going for the TIE fighters, hitting those banks, blink, blink, blink. The overuse of those the the inner loop or whatever that that, that loop shot, you know what I'm talking about. I it, it, the multipliers with the modes, and it's just it's too much to really like have a good time. I would think that a Star Wars would be a little more in line with a Deadpool rule set where like 
start something, kind of chill out, hit some shots, enjoy the universe and the sound effects. But no, it's like, get in there, it kicks your ass, it goes fast, and the rules, you have to do math the whole time. Otherwise, for me, it's like, I'm not going to play this game. Like, the wizard modes aren't good enough to me to want to go through this math. Because even though I'm not a score chaser, as they say, this game, it's almost like, well, you have to be. Otherwise, I mean, if you just get into the modes, then it gets boring pretty fast. Again, in my opinion. Visuals. For those unaware of the way I review visuals, I'm taking into consideration art and light and toys and anything you kind of see. I will say that the movie art or the comic art is kind of up to you. While when I first saw the comic art, I was like, oh, hell yeah, like, of course, that's way better. And I think it is if I was just looking at a poster. Hell yeah, it is. But I'm thinking of the game, like, you have this kind of strange dichotomy going on in this game for one if you're choosing the comic book art you're seeing all the movie assets and all the movie sounds but then you look at the art and it's comic and you kind of have this like it doesn't really you know for the ocd or whatever it's like oh it doesn't really fit if it was like cartoon or comic book animation and comic book art perfect hell yeah sign me up but for me when I thought of getting the premium, I thought of getting a comic book premium. The more I looked at it, I'm like, I don't know. Growing up, I fell in love with it because of the movies. And yeah, I've, I've read a lot of the comics and I have a lot of the expanded universe. Fantastic shit. I've played KOTOR. I've played all the... I love Star Wars. I was like, you know, I just kind of actually want the movie stuff for this. Not only is there a dichotomy between comic book and the visuals, we'll get to sound in a second, but the the voice actor of of Tom Kane, who does all the callouts for Clone Wars, the TV series, is the one who does it in the game. So you have the movie with all those movie assets. You have a comic book art, which has nothing to do with the movie. And then you have the voice actor from the Clone Wars, which has nothing to do with either of those. And it just feels like this jumbled mess. And as a Star Wars fan, that that kind of bugs me. That's why I say take it or leave it your comic or regular but visuals with lights and everything i think this is a, a nine yeah close to a 10 it's it's a nine if you love the comic it's a maybe even a 10 for you i think the lights are so well done in this game aside from the blinking you know multiplier crap i think the um the lights alone trump the movie art which is photoshop it's, it's fine it's not good it's fine the lights are, are, are what put it over the top. The lights and, and the visuals, because it's Star Wars, you get to watch Star Wars while you're playing pinball. But, you know, when Vader and Obi-Wan are doing the duel and there's like the, the soft glow of the red and the blue. Oh, my God. That's one where I've shown people where they watch. Wow. That makes you feel like you're playing Star Wars, the pinball game. That is an experience. There's just not enough in that game. There needs to be more. The whole game should have been mood setting like that. Not just all about TIE fighters. Like, no. People love Star Wars mainly for the mystics, the Jedi side of things, the philosophy, the whole magic of it. And yes, the space and the quote sci-fi is nice, but it's not sci-fi. It's an adventure set in space. I digress. The visuals, my opinion, are a nine. Audio. I again mentioned there's this kind of dichotomy between there's the movie sound effects, there's the movie visuals, but then Tom Kane does a lot of the callouts, even though there's there's movie stuff in there. Tom Kane does the Clone Wars stuff and voices Yoda. Yoda, I am. Fight, I will. 
fantastic voice artist, mind you. And then you have a lot of the computer sounds that you would expect from Star Wars and the, the droid stuff. And, you know, some of those kind of get annoying after a while. It's, it's, it's those small things, the sound effects that aren't from the movies, the things they put in there. Eh, annoying. Like, I mean, every time you hear a lightsaber, oh yeah, that's, that's an 11 out of 10 for sure. But b between the audio, you know, itself, which it's Star Wars, so audio is a 10, I mean, no matter what. But with all the kind of strange stuff thrown in there, I give it an eight, you know? Um, my overall thoughts, is I kind of started this on a downer, like, don't do what you did to Star Wars. But this is what I mean. My overall thoughts of the game is I would, I would put it at like a C plus, personally. Let's see what, let me, let's see what the actual scores say. Eighty. Eighty out of hundred. Eight point zero. B minus. Yeah, I guess that lines up pretty close with, with my C plus. Star Wars should have been what Godzilla is. Star Wars, I mean, shit. You you got the best theme, and I know from buying this game, it makes a shitload of money on site, on location. It's Star Wars. People walk up, put in quarters, but it seems to be again kind of like the turtles, like, well, that kicked my ass and sucked. I don't want to play that again. But think if you put a game behind it that is yeah a jurassic park something like that where like there's so much in it oh my god i can traverse the universe i can do all these games i can fight jet i can train to be a jedi i can fight this do that i mean they have little bits of it in there but they just kind of from the art assets that are very photoshop again this isn't stern's fault i don't think it's you know the licensing i can imagine with star wars fucking nightmare it's star wars and probably one of the most expensive, if not most expensive. I'm just assuming, right? I just think that, especially the Pro, it's so empty. And I've heard people on location, actually I did a couple weeks ago, just, you know, someone who clearly knows nothing about pinball. Just, I, I heard it's like, oh, this, this is an empty game. It was, like, it was like a mom of someone just who just said it. Like, yeah, this person who doesn't even play pinball says what a lot of us say. That Pro is, is just barren. It just, it missed the mark where it had so much potential. And I actually think my overall thoughts of a C plus and when the, the add up of the score says B minus, that's probably higher than what a lot of people say. I think a lot of people think this game is an F or a D that it's just, no, I, I don't want to play it. I don't like doing math the whole time. I think the pro is way too barren. I think the premium is, is nice, but the, a lot of people hate the art. So then there's a comic, but then there's that cost barrier of what it costs to get in the comic. I, it's it's not great it should be great it's not great it's a dream theme that just just missed the mark well i thank you deeply for staying with me this episode by myself in the future i'll have people to party with me but today it was just me thanks for talking bond a little bit listening to the pet peeves figure it out and listening to me talk about superman which oh please make it and of course star wars and thank you again for listening to me talk about my dream. Now you have a little insight into how I work when I'm unconscious. If you'd like to reach me, please email me at pinballpartypodcast at gmail.com. That's pinballpartypodcast at gmail.com. Or call in with a voicemail. That number is 262-528-6625. 262-528-6625. Would love to hear from you. 
And last but not least, just to give a couple shout-outs to the Triple Drain podcast, one of the best out there on the Pinball Network, and of course, the final round, guys. Thanks again for the shout-out. That generated me a shitload more listeners and a lot more money, so I think we're going to get MEF an upgrade pretty soon. Look out for that and more in the future at the Pinball Party. For me and myself, this is Jason. I'll see you next time. Far from your life.